This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Of course, the season is over. It is now 70 days since Antonio Conte left the football club. We had to wait 72 days for Nuno Espirito Santo to walk through the door. It might be exactly the same time. Many reports at the moment are stating that Ange Postacoglu is going to be the new Tottenham Hotspur manager. Uh, the Athletic have just reported that Tottenham are now close to appointing Postacoglu as the new boss. Deal for Celtic manager um, to make Tottenham Hotspur switch is expected uh, to be finalised in the coming days. The 57-year-old Australian has emerged as standout candidate from recruitment process. An Italian journalist and transfer expert Fabrizio Romano has just stated that new round of talks scheduled in the next 24 to 48 hours between Tottenham and CAA agency in order to complete the agreement for Postacoglu. Contract almost agreed, waiting on the final details to be sorted and then it will be sealed. This looks like it is going to happen. I've got three very special guests to talk about Postacoglu and everything Tottenham Hotspur. We've got Channel regular Craig back with us. Craig, how are you? And give me your initial thoughts on this news. <clears throat> yeah, I'm all not bad, Chris. Not bad at all. Um, I, I'm a bit surprised he's actually moved this quickly. If it indeed is not just um, you know paper talk, which it doesn't seem to be on this occasion, because he said was it yesterday that he was going on holiday Tuesday and. It, basically not thinking about anything else. So this has obviously progressed in the last 24 hours. I'll be brutally honest. I don't know tons about Postacoglu. Um, I don't really watch much fish football. Um, it, uh, obviously, I'll get behind him. I'll get, I'll, I'll get behind him if he announces the boss. And we'll, we'll get into it in a little while. But I'm still, if you're asking me my initial thoughts on it, I'm 
literally 50 about how I feel about it. I, in, in brutally honest, I don't actually know how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, but willing to get behind him if it comes off, obviously. Gary, uh, also channel regular Gary Maloney is back with us. Gary, how are you and how are you feeling about this news? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Enjoying the weather. It's finally sunny now. So I was sunning myself in the garden until you messaged me, Chris, and I jumped on it. But for me, like I said on the, the last show I was on, I think we do need a bit of an underwhelming manager. Um, like Craig, um, don't know much about him. I'm sure Gareth knows a fair bit. Chris, I know you'll know what he has for breakfast by now. But I know absolutely about him. But to be honest, underwhelming manager, exactly what we need. You know, we tried the Mourinho, we tried the Conte, two like, world-class winning managers, one nothing. So maybe getting an underwhelming manager. Hopefully we'll, he'll get two years minimum because that's what we need and shift a few players out. But again, I'm thinking, where's the director of football? It's a bit, you know, we're talking about a manager, no director of football in place yet. But, but first initial reactions is it's probably exactly what we need this time around. So in a weird sort of way, I'm actually quite excited about it. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased. But apart from his age and I know he's won a couple of, you know, things with Celtic and stuff and other bits and pieces. I don't know a great deal about him, but I don't think that's a bad thing, to be honest. So He has won everywhere he's gone, Gary. He's won in Australia. He's won yeah. in Japan and he's won in Scotland. But of course, I think a lot of people are worried about where he's won uh, these competitions. And it's not in Europe. Um, no Australian manager has ever uh, managed in the Premier League. And it was the first ever appointment um, in European football when he was appointed as Celtic manager two years ago. Um, I'll come back to you on that, Gary. Um, we've also got channel regular um, Gareth with us, uh, who, of course, is a football coach. Um, Gareth, how are you? And uh, what are your thoughts on this news? All good, Chris. Um, just been sort of taking stock of things when the season finished. I'm sure you're the same. Um, OK, I'll, t I'll, be, I'll be totally honest. I was actually in my local pub on Friday night and people I speak to just stopped speaking to me because they're all Celtic fans. They are absolutely gutted that they're losing Ange. That, for me, that's the first positive. Um, yeah. they, they believe he's the best in the last 20 years, maybe. Better than he says, although Rogers won three trebles, he doesn't play the brand of football the way Ange has done. Um, he's brought in a lot of players that they never really heard of as well, and they've all seen they work out well, like Kiego and uh, Hatate, Maida. So his recruitment's been very good. Um, but a bit like Gary, I'm a wee bit concerned about the director of football because I think we were told a few weeks ago that there would be a director of football before a manager was appointed. Um, and it looks nailed on now that Ange is going to be appointed in the next three or four days. So again, is that is that because they're struggling to get a director, or is it because Scott Munn, who's also Australian, has this relationship with Ange Postacoglu? Um, but interestingly, Chris, when when the sort of names that were being linked at the start, he always was on the shortlist, I believe. But um, the fact that it's coming out now from the club that he's the standout candidate, uh, I wouldn't believe too much of that because I think it's pretty clear that they wanted slot, um, and that didn't work out. So. It's interesting, Chris, but the only thing I would say, Celtic fans are absolutely gutted. And although a lot of managers have done really well at Celtic, they believe Ange was pretty special. Gareth, when um, when Postacoglu was appointed as Celtic boss only a couple of years ago, a lot of people laughed at that appointment and dissed the appointment at the Australian being appointed at Celtic. Um, as you've said there, and, I, and, I, and I've been in touch with a couple of Celtic uh, fans, and they are very disappointed to, to, to think that they uh, are going to lose their manager to Tottenham. Um, are you excited 
if he came to Tottenham, are you excited by this appointment? Um, you know, we're going to come on to the brand of football that he plays and the, the, the attacking style that he plays. Um, it's fair to say that we haven't really had a great deal of attacking football at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or at Spurs since Pochettino left back in 2019. I am a bit underwhelmed by it, Chris. I expect that somebody with a bit more pedigree and a bit more experience, you know, if, if you look at his CV, other mm. than Celtic and being the Australian manager, he, he's not really been anywhere with any, you know, the clubs. I'd never even heard of him. Um, and then, like you say, when he was appointed at Celtic, I remember some of my friends laughing about it. And they were like, because you know, they were linked with Jose Mourinho at one point. And it was yeah. after he left Spurs, he was linked with Mourinho was linked there. I don't know how much truth was on it because obviously Mourinho wouldn't be affordable for Celtic, but they were kind of thinking they were going to get a bigger name as well. They replaced Brent Rogers and they ended up pulling Ange Postacoglu out. And if I remember correctly, Chris, I think he didn't even have his pro license before he went to Celtic. Because if you're, if you're looking to do a pro license coach, you have to have a reason for doing it. So once he was shortlisted for the Celtic job, he was then able to go and do his pro license. So we're talking about a manager that was 54, 55 before he even had his pro license. So it's almost like um, it's almost like a, a, like a delayed adolescence in a person. He's almost had like a delayed career. His career is only kind of starting now and he's well in these late 50s. So it's it's a it's a massive jump, Chris. That's a, that's the one thing I'll be very very worried about. Massive massive jump in level. Celtic and Tottenham are loose. I don't need to any Celtic fans because they are a massive club. But the English league and the Scottish league is is levels, um, and that will be my only concern. Craig, does it worry you that he doesn't have any other European experience apart from managing Celtic for these last two years? It, it worries me that. Um... Uh, I the look Levy's got. I get this right. Sure, sure, out of all the appointments he's made of late, he, he's got to get this surely because if this falls flat, if if Postecoglou fails, and obviously I hope I hope he doesn't, but it just seems you would want somebody with a safe pair that you know is a safe pair of hands, but it's the attacking football, he might see Postecoglou as a safe pair of hands, but it, it's like absolutely. Experience, and I know you know experience only goes so far. You know, perhaps it is good that you're getting a, a, a he's not, not a young manager, but a, just a new manager with fresh ideas. Perhaps, perhaps that's going to give everyone a bit of a boost. I don't know, and um, it it just, it just seems a strange appointment, and it stinks of the fact that he was kind of I don't care what the club say, he wasn't first on the list. He was fourth or fifth on the list, and is it a bit of death? Desperation now that they can't get anybody else that slots had us over and want you to just contract a final with more money. Um, what what happened with Nagelsmann? No, did he turn us down? Did we not want him? Who knows? And of course, the the call that never came to Pochettino, and those are the ones that we know about that have come out. So he wasn't our first choice. I very much doubt he was a majority of fans' first choice. It's not to say he's not going to. Uh, revolutionised Spurs because we didn't know much about Pochettino when he came to Tottenham. You know, obviously we'd seen him at Southampton, but as Gareth said, the jump between Celtic and, and Spurs or the Scottish League and the Premier League is massive, and I'm just yeah. a little bit concerned about that if I, if I'm being honest. But I, I really, obviously, if it, if it comes off, I really hope he succeeds. When I, mean, I love Australians, I love the sense of humour, and um, I think he sounds like a character from what for everything. I've read and um, I, I, I just love that Australian way where they seem to not give a toss about anything and I think that's a good trait to have in a person but 
what is odd, um, although it shouldn't be, obviously she's got Australian, and where are we going for our pre-season tour? We're going to Perth as one of the destinations. So it's kind of gone from Italy and like Team Italy to, to Team Australia. So, um, so, so yeah. yeah, God, it's uh, what, what a change. It's, um, we'll see, we'll see. Gary, let's come to you. Now, Ange Postacoglu um, is now 57 years old, of course, manager of Celtic. He's managed various Australian teams as well as the national side under 17, under 20 and for international level. He's also managed in Japan, as I said earlier. Uh, he took charge of Celtic back in 2021, two years ago. He's delivered five trophies in the two years that he's been in charge, including a treble this season. Um, the first Australian manager to coach in a major uh, club in Europe, of course, two years ago. Um, he said, my motivation is always to produce teams that my dad would enjoy watching. Uh, Postacoglu grew up supporting Liverpool and AEK Athens. And uh, in November 2022, Postacoglu was inducted into the Football uh, Australia Hall of Fame for his outstanding contribution to Australian football on and off the field as a player and a coach. Now, you wanted to know a little bit more about Postacoglu, Gary. There it is. Yeah. Um, he hasn't managed in Europe. Does that worry you? Look, I think, I mean, what Craig said is um, he's got a good sense of humour. He's going to need it to manage Tottenham Hotspur, so we're halfway there. But honestly, <laughs> I just, we're gonna, we need to go for that underwhelming manager. I think that's what we need to do now. I just look at the Nagelsmann thing, it fell through. Then there was whispers of Brendan Rodgers and, you know, if we went for Brendan Rodgers, it's just too similar to what we've done and it's failed over and over and over. So for me, I look, I just don't want it to be like a Nuno. Do you know what I mean? But from what I've read and what I hear about him, he loves playing attacking football. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he says he loves to play the football that his dad would like to watch. So let's just hope his dad likes watching enjoyable football and not some of the football we've played the last few years. So, but at the end of the day, I'm quite, confident the only bit I'm a little bit concerned about is there's not really any discussion of a director of football because I just wonder you know all right okay let's get the underwhelming manager in um yes you know look Celtic and stuff and the Scottish league is nothing like the Premier League we know that but he has to make the jump at some point we can't go in for a massive manager because we've already done it a few times now and it's gone pear-shaped if he's playing really good attacking football, like what you said, Chris, we didn't really have... I mean, I would argue, though, we did have that for a certain extent under Mourinho because I remember Son and Kane playing some great attacking football and stuff. But then I think midway through to halfway through the season, it started becoming more defensive. And when we were playing teams like Chelsea, we were trying to play for a nil-nil. It got very, very boring. Under Conte, football's not been great. Look, What's to say he can't come in? We start playing attacking football. And I think with a lot of Spurs fans, you know, they've just given up on who, what manager and what are out, what players we want out. Like, a lot of people have just taken a break from it. For me, if he comes in, I'll back him. He's the new Tottenham manager. Yes, he'll be underwhelming. But like I said on your show last time, that's exactly what I think we need. So then there's no expectations. Clean slate. In he comes. Give him a two, three-year contract and see what happens, but get a director of football in. That's what we do need to do. So, but yeah, I'm happy enough with it. You know, if, that, if, if it happens, it's not confirmed yet, obviously. So we could be back here again in a couple of days talking about someone else. Did he win the, um, the Asian Cup or something as well, did he? In 2015, uh, he, he, won the, um, he won a cup with Australia. Yeah, I can remember there being conversations about him on 
talk sport. And I think Alan Brazil was actually making jokes about him before he went to Celtic, and that memory serves me right. I'm actually yeah. starting to remember a few things about him now. Um, I think let's just see where we go with it. If he is appointed, like what Craig said, you've got to get behind whatever manager it is. Do, do any of you think it could be as disaster as much as Nuno? Mm, well, we're going to find out, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah. 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 The, the thing is, Gary, what I would say yeah. on that, if you go back to 2014, and Gareth, let me come to you on this. In 2014, Maurizio Pochettino was appointed as Tottenham Hotspur manager. Who was excited about that appointment? I don't think many people were. No. But, but I think it was kind of different because we had seen him with Southampton and there was, you know, he had he had a season and a half at Southampton, did he? And they played some really good football, had some really big results. Um, I've actually just, there's a Celtic fan on Twitter that's really, really had a go. He's, he's, they're not happy at all. These Celtic fans are they're touchy at the moment. Um, there's, a, there's a few saying we don't deserve him the way we're talking about him here. <laughs> but um, tell, tell him, don't worry, he might be back with them in six months anyway. Uh, you know. Um, but uh, we don't want to offend any Celtic fans. I think they maybe they're picking us up wrong. We're just looking at the facts. You know, um, Pochettino had experience in the Premier League. It was kind of different than Nuno. The Nuno thing as well. He had experience in Valencia, didn't he? And he was at Wolves for a few years. And to be fair, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was, it was the right appointment at the time. But this, this is really left field, Chris. Um, this, you know, somebody says there on the Twitter, he's been a coach for twenty six years. But the point we're making is. You know, apart from Australia and Celtic, they are 20 years or at a very, very low level. And even if he, and as much as Celtic fans, you know, will say they're a massive club, which they are, Scottish League and the English Premier League is completely different. If you, if, you, if you want any confidence, I suppose, I remember watching them in the Champions League against Real Madrid at home for 60 minutes. They were outstanding. And I think just fitness and um, Madrid improved as the game went on and they ended up scoring the first goal. It was a different game. But for, for 60 minutes, they were very, very good against Real Madrid. Away at Shakhtar, they played very well, should have won that game. They were a bit unfortunate on their group stage with some of the results they had because the performances probably expected better. Um, but the style of football, Chris, is definitely one thing that the fans will like about him because it is pretty much, you know, heavy metal attack on football. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't call myself a Celtic fan, but this season when, I've, when they put on TV, it's usually a Sunday at 12 o'clock sometimes before the Premier League game starts. I would tend to watch them, whereas before under different managers, I would never have watched them. Um, so that's definitely one thing. And then the fact what? as well, they were a wee bit worried after Rogers left. You know, when Irons come in and he galvanized, the fa- he galvanized the fan base, they absolutely love him. And they've been very, very successful. And you would probably say over the last few years that that gap between Celtic and Rangers are closed. But this season, you know, Celtic pretty much dominated that league up against a strong Rangers team as well. So definitely, he's, he's definitely done well, Chris. We're judging him on what he has done. But in the places he's been, he's had success. So I suppose it's a it's a it's a big pass for him as well. Um, and you know, only time will tell, Chris, if this is the right appointment. But as as Craig says, we're probably going to get told this was the number one plan. The fact we're going to Australia means it was planned as well pre-season. But I think it's just all sort of came together. Um, and look, and look, good luck to him. I think if he plays a good football and the fans like it and the fans are, are behind him, then you know it gives him a hell of a chance. But it's it's a, it's the players that worry me. If they look, some of them might not be. Obviously, he's been at Celtic, but before that, might think, well, who's this guy? You know, what we've had Conte, we've had Mourinho. Well, why are we going to listen to this this player? And that that, that is a problem at Spurs. Some of the players just have the wrong attitude. Yeah. Craig, let's come to you. On one of the last podcasts we did, I mentioned Postecoglou, and uh, you jokingly said, "Well, I can manage Celtic. 
I think a lot of Spurs fans and a lot of football fans out there think that they, you know, could could manage Celtic. It's an easy job. Celtic or Rangers are going to win everything in the Scottish Premier League uh, and all the trophies up there. Um, are you are you expecting or are you surprised? Are you surprised by the club aren't going down the route of having someone with a little bit more experience, either uh, Premier League experience or even managed in one of the top leagues around Europe? Are you surprised? Yeah, yeah. As, as I said before, I am surprised because it is, it, is, it is more of a risk, you know. And obviously, the Celtic sounds like from what Gareth said, the Celtic fans absolutely adore this guy. Probably felt a lot like us when he was appointed, a bit underwhelmed perhaps and thought, what are they doing? But obviously, he's proved himself in Scotland to be, you know, you you, you don't win the treble. I don't care what, what league you're in. You don't, you don't win a treble and Unless you've got something to say, Gareth, I'd, I'd, I'd say that. You know, I'm just, just trying to be a bit more positive about him. And so he's, he's obviously done things. So I must actually get in contact with my powers to be a massive Celtic fan. Um, I'll have to get into him and, and find out exactly what he says about him because I think you're <laughs> we, right. We, from we from the little I know, they do love him. Yeah, going to have to because, because I don't think um, what managers have come from Scotland in the past that. Of, I mean, recent history, I'm not talking to Alex Ferguson, but obviously Gerard kind of is a different though, wasn't it, with Stevie Gerard? Because he's, mm. it was kind of, uh, well, it was just different, wasn't it? You know, he's, he's gone from Rangers to, to, to Villa and, and uh, did, did particularly well. Gen- generally, they don't fare that well, I would say, uh, because perhaps he is that. Is that the gulf in, in, I wouldn't say class, I think Celtic could hold their own in, in the Premier League. To be honest, uh, I'm not sure they'd be challenging, but then again, look, we're not. Do you know what I mean? Would you put Celtic yeah. and Tottenham kind of on a par? Uh, is that fair to say? Celtic fans would probably say no because they've won the treble, uh, you know. Um, but we, we yeah, are well, a what, football Craig, team at the moment, aren't they play, we? They play much better football than Spurs. That's that's a bit. I think the one thing they've yeah. done on Celtic is with that, very unproven players, he's improved. That's like not he hard. Brand of football and he's, that's, he's yeah. a proper coach. Improves that's the player. Probably, that's, that's probably true, though, Gareth. But I think what Craig's getting at is if Celtic and Rangers were in the English Premier League, where do you think they would finish in the Premier League? Where, where would they rank against Premier League teams? I better be very careful to say because there's a very there's a very um, large group of Celtic fans watching this podcast. I think. Um, no, look, I think they'd be mud table, and that's not me being disrespectful. I think they would be maybe in and around where we are, maybe slightly lower. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of that's down to Ange. You know, I wouldn't have put them mid-table under previous managers. I think he's improved them a lot. Probably the best Celtic I've seen um, in a long time. Um, you know, even under Rodgers, as I said, they were, they were good. But I think Rangers are a lot stronger now. And that league has become better because of Celtic as well. And Rangers, they've done better in Europe. If you look at Rangers, they got the Europa League final. Um, not this season, but last season. So the, the Scottish football has definitely improved. But I think a lot of that's down to Ange. Um, with Steven Gerrard was doing at Rangers. It really, really was good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, obviously, if we're, we're presuming Ange is going to come to Spurs, you know, will Celtic, you know, will they come back stronger on their new manager? Because, you know, a lot of the players that Celtic signed under Ange were, were players that he knew from certain leagues. And, you know, a lot of them were gems. You know, Kiago, Hatate's excellent in midfield. You know, they, they've had some massive, massive success with recruitment. And that's a set. You know, with Mourinho and Conte, I don't think they've done enough here to improve the players that we had. You know, 
think Ange is very, very good at taking, you know, improving players, a proper, proper coach. You know, not someone's going to sit back, time waste, play for draws. I, I do believe whoever we play next season, Ange will, will be thinking, you know, we can beat them if, if, if you know, if he, because he, because he, he does play that kind of football. I've got to admit, I can always find facts and I can always um, try and turn uh, things into a positive. And I have found a lot of positive things about Postacoglu, but I do worry about the lack of experience in European football, the lack of experience in the Premier League. I would have thought that we would have gone for somebody with more experience in Europe, um, dealing with bigger players, because um, that, that's the next thing I wanted to come on to, Craig. Um, the players, players like Harry Kane. Mm. How do you think that yeah. they will feel, particularly Harry Kane? How do you think he will feel, feel about this appointment? I think if you asked him in a press interview, he would give a very similar answer to um, when Nuno was appointed. Mm. Uh, if you asked him in private, he's, look, he's probably he's probably going to be a bit underwhelmed. Um, if I'm honest, you go from Conte, who apparently adored, he loved Mourinho as well, and He's gone from his mate Mason, who he probably, perhaps at the back of his mind, thought he deserved a chance, and now he's bringing in Ange Postecoglou. So he's look, he's he's not going to be as excited, perhaps, as uh, if we certainly got Potch back or Nagelsmann or somebody like that. Perhaps, perhaps he'll be feeling a bit like we are. I don't know. Um, is it going to be enough to keep Kane? And when, when people say, oh, to keep Kane, he's under contract with Tottenham and Daniel Levy does not. That's one thing about Levy. He will not sell if he, if he you know, he won't sell him. Um, so he's still under contract. So whatever Harry Kane wants, he's under contract like all, all the other players. So the, only, the power doesn't switch back to his hands, obviously, till next summer if he does stay. So... I would imagine they'll, they'll give him a go. It could be, I'm just trying to find positives, Chris, like you. It, it could be a breath of fresh air coming in. Um, mm. The players finally have the shackles off to play the attacking football. I'm going to be honest, I don't watch enough of Celtic to say I'll have to bow to Gareth's knowledge on this. I don't know. I couldn't compare Celtic. Would you say, Gareth, I don't, I don't know if this is right, the Celtic of now, is it similar to the Potch? Uh, style of play, would you say? Is it, or are they more attacking? Are they a bit less attacking? We'll, we'll, we'll come no, on to that I, in a second. I really don't know. Yeah, we'll come okay. on to that in a second. Um, Gary, um, it's fair to say whoever comes in at Tottenham, whether it's Postacoglu or somebody else, this is a massive job at the football club, isn't it? The, the, the job list, the to-do list is absolutely huge. Um, a couple of you have touched on it already. No director of football if Postecoglou yeah. is appointed in the next couple of days, would you expect the football club to go without a director of football again? You know, with Tottenham, anything's possible, Chris. I mean, you know, it, it just makes me laugh because I, I don't think I don't think any of us feel entitled and stuff. But here we are talking about a manager that's won the treble. OK, albeit he's won stuff in Japan, he's done this and the other. But we are a mid-table team out of Europe. Mm. You know, we're... We're, there's nothing really that exciting about Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, he could stay at Celtic. I mean, they got has he got Champions League football there? Yeah. Right. So he could stay at Celtic. He's got Champions League football. He's just won the treble, albeit it's Scottish Premier League, all the rest of it. But Tottenham are in a bad place at the moment. Other than the stadium and the fancy pints that you can press and go up, what else do they have? 
Harry Kane, maybe Son didn't have a great season, and all the other players are, are, are terrible. Most of them are absolutely awful. We're a mid-table team and we're out of Europe. So I think if we get an underwhelming manager, that's exactly what we should get and what we deserve at the moment. I don't really think we can really ask for much more, if I'm being completely honest with you. That's, yeah. that's what the them are. So I think where we are at the moment could be just the right fit for, for him to come in. And if he does play this exciting, you know, front foot, flowing football and stuff, do you know what? It might be just what we need, you know. He might take, the. in, in fact, I'm sure he will take the domestic cup seriously. I'm sure he will. He's not going to look at them like what Conte did so much. Um, and even to a certain extent, what Poch did. I think he's going to look at the Carabao Cup. He's going to look at the FA Cup. And he's going to think, do you know what? I've got an opportunity here to win a trophy at Tottenham Hotspur, what no manager's done in a long time. And I'm going to go for it. I'm going to sort the players out and I'm going to do it. Um, I, I think it could be a good thing. I'm, I'm just trying to pick out the yeah. positive and, you know, try and stay positive with it. I think if we bring him in, then we may go for the domestic cups more, which is what we really need to do this year. But are we going to appoint him without a director of football? We probably are, if I'm honest with you, because that's Tottenham all over. You know, really, we should be doing a director of football first, Chris. You know, I'm sure we all agree, but that Tottenham never do anything easy, you know? So I, I, just, I just think like most fans now, Whoever it is, just get it done because I think everyone's sick and tired of putting on Sky Sports every other day and there's, you know, we're linked with someone else. It's just getting too much at the moment. You know, we are a little bit of a laughing stock. So let's get a manager in whoever he is, and then at least we have someone, you know what I mean? Gary, what's the expectation for any manager next season? Particularly that we've finished eighth, no European football, no trophy in fifteen years. Are the fans gonna expect a certain level of playing style, a certain uh, level and a position in the league table. You're already talking about trophies. Yeah, I think the fans would look at that. I mean, he probably gets a free hit for, for a year, but I think the fans would be happy enough, and me included in this, to go like, you know, Chris, look, we, I was at the last home game. That first half, right, just touching that really quickly, that was the best first half Tottenham played all season. We yep. played some great football. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, if we don't get a second or a third first half, we could lose this game. But I was still happy with the way we played in the first half. The second half has been too much this season. So when you touch on what the fans would expect, I think they would want and they would expect attacking football, the teams to go for it for the whole 90 minutes and not give up after the first half and have a go at the domestic cups, you know, try and get into a semi or a final of the Carabao or the FA Cup. And league position, I think any Tottenham fan would be happy finishing whether it be 6th, 7th or out of Europe again, if we maybe got to a final. I mean, if we won a trophy, I don't think it would matter where we finished. And if we didn't win a trophy, if we finished in the, you know, the top six, even possibly seven, but that opinion is divided, I think that would be... Surely though, Gary, this managerial appointment is about taking the club forward, about progressing the football club. Not only playing a good style of football, but progressing the football club by getting us back into Europe. You're talking about seventh and eighth place already. <laughs> but if we get to a final or win a domestic cup, then I think that would be more than acceptable for, as a fan. And I think most fans would take that. If, you know, if, it, if it came in this season for us and we finished eighth or ninth, but won the Carabao or the FA Cup, I think that would be a massive achievement for him. And I think a lot of fans would be happy with that. You know, I've said this many times before, you know, like what, half the time, what is the point of us being in the Champions League? We don't do nothing in it. And most of our best plays we've got when we've been outside of it. So, does it really matter if we don't get in the top four? I don't think it does. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think it matters a lot that we're not in Europe. I really do. Um, Gareth, you... you, you, I think we could probably... We're looking at maybe another two seasons minimum of not being in Europe. So we're all going to have to get... (laughs) Gareth, you're, you're laughing. Is, is that what we need to accept the Spurs fans, that we may, may need to be out of Europe for a couple of seasons? I thought it was just going to be this coming season. We'll be back in Europe. Is Postacoglu going to get us back in Europe, going to progress the football club, going to take us back in the right direction? Because remember, four years ago, we were in a Champions League final. Yeah. I thank, I thank you for the funny seven two years in a row. It wouldn't be the coach. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think um, he has the... He has the I think Spurs fans' have, expectations have dropped. I think we've fallen off a cliff, football-wise and league-wise. You know, yeah. Daniel Levy will value Europe because of the finances, especially in the Champions League. And that's kind of why a lot of clubs don't maybe tackle the League Cup and FA Cup as seriously now because there's so much money available for Champions League. But for me, Chris, expectations as long see if he plays attack on football, players are improving. We're starting to see signs of in two to three years' time, we could be challenging because, you know... We we are a big club. We're a, we're we're a not say a sleeping giant, but you know, for Tottenham, they want want a trophy for fifteen years is incredible. You know, with the players we've had, the coaches we've had, the, the, the stadium's incredible, the training ground's unbelievable. You know, but we've just been mismanaged from top to bottom, and we've put our fifth and the you know coaches that are well well past their sell by it. My opinion, you only have to look at that Europa League final the other night. You know, that was in, it was shambles the way Roma played. You know, it was a disgrace they football, to be totally honest. You know, but that's the kind of where we were. I don't think we'll have that way, Ange. Um, so for me, look, for me next season, if we're if we're in the top six next year, we're playing attack on football and we're our, our results against the, the the sort of bigger sides, your Arsenal's, your Man City's, your Liverpool's, you know, if we're going there and, and giving them a proper game and you know, we're coming like that there, we're we've lost, but we've geez, we were brilliant today, we were unlucky, you know. If we we had that with Potch, you could see and his first season, although we, although we finished fifth, I think it was, there were signs that we were going to do really, really well in their pots. And obviously we jumped in that second year pretty, pretty big. Probably nobody expected that. But, you know, people seem to think, you know, you're always two or three years away. You know, you've seen it. Teams teams can can absolutely plummet one year. Teams can improve inside one year very, very quickly. I think we man City around. It's very, very difficult. They, they, they won a trophy, and that's probably counted against a lot of teams. You know, you've seen United last, you know, United went six years without a trophy before this season, so it's not it's not a goal given right that we're going to be challenging just because we're Tottenham. You know, Brighton yeah. finished this year because they deserved it. They were on merit. They were the sixth best team in the league. Don't think anybody would argue that. So we just got to take a complete reset, Chris. Um, and this man does need time because this style of football that he's going to play is going to be completely different to what we've had over the last few years. You know, I think we we got right touched on the Brentford game. 
first half was excellent, but I just think fitness-wise, we couldn't press in the second half. We were absolutely shattered. Um, obviously, Brentford improved, but I just thought we were out on our feet. We couldn't press the way we did in the first half, and that's down to fitness, because I think a lot of the training over the last few years has been sitting back and containing. You know, you watch when teams kick off against us, we're happy to let the other team pass around the back, and we'll, we'll, we'll sit at the halfway line and we'll not press. You know, on their patch, we were right after people. You look at Liverpool teams, Brighton teams, they're all on the front foot. And that means that even they're defending from the front. They've got three they've got three attacking players up front that run their socks off. And that's what we're going to see under Ange. Um, it'll be interesting to see what type of players he brings in. And like you said, the director of football, I think he was heavily involved with the recruitment at, at Celtic. So, you know, he was more of a, you know, this head coach and manager. I think he was more of a manager because he had a lot to do with the club as well. You know, so it almost is like a pot like appointment. Um, and, you know, where people were saying about, you know, would he leave Celtic? He's on, they're on the Champions League next year. This is a massive opportunity, Chris. I can't remember a, a manager in Scotland, you know, apart from Ferguson, ever having a jump like this. Celtic be Spurs. You know, Rogers left for Leicester. Again, Leicester, massive club, but probably not on the, the, tra- the trajectory of Spurs in terms of, you know, this is the first season we've been out of Europe in 14 years. And like you say, Chris, it's not good enough. But the positive is, if it is only one season, it gives Ange Postacoglu five days a week to work with the players. And we're going to need that training time. I think it's more important this year to be getting the players ready, um, prepared for games, than it is to be playing in that Europa Conference League. That's just my my positive on it. But it wouldn't be accepted next year. Next season, I want to see us in the Europa League minimum. It's interesting how you say manager or head coach, because there is a massive difference. And I think that that was the turning point in Pochettino's career at Tottenham. Um, the summer of 2019, when we won the Audi Cup, that's when he said in the press conference, I'm not the manager, I'm the head coach. So something clearly was said that summer. Uh, and of course, a couple of months later, he was sacked. Um, Aidan writes on screen now, um, Postacoglu plays similar to Pep. And Pep said his Japan team was one of the best to play out from the back. Uh, you will love him and he takes no crap from lazy players and they will play for him or they will be dropped. That is just the attitude that we need, Craig, isn't it? 100%. If that is, you know, if that comes to fruition and that is what it is and, you know, the, the players are giving him jibby, <clears throat> look at him and think, oh, Christ, what have we got here? And he actually authority and says, look, I am the head coach or manager or whatever his job title is. And he's, you know, the players are going to soon see that this guy's not going to take any crap, and that is exactly what they need. That is exactly what they need. And if the levels of fitness, obviously, I know what Gareth was saying about being unable to press, but you know, you have got to remember it was, it was last pre-season when Harry Kane and him in summer throwing up by the side of the pitch because Conte was putting them through their paces and doing seventy laps of the pitch. So I'm not sure it is all to do with fitness because these guys are super, super fit. I think it's just this just been drilled into him over the last two managers that we invariably hit teams on the counter attack, and when mm. that's drilled into you day after day after day after day, it's just so hard to get back to that in the in the six to eight games, whatever it was Ryan Mason had. He would have wanted to play like that, but it's probably almost impossible to get back to that within that short space of time. Um, I think you could see signs of it happening towards the end. Um, and obviously we did play Leeds who were very poor, but there, there was certainly more attacking in that game. And as you yeah. say, the, the first half of the Brentford game. So, so if Angie's going to bring this attacking style of football that we all crave, then at least that's a massive tick in the box for me. If I'm entertained watching Tottenham, and for his benefit, I don't think he will have 
free hit for a year, Gary, as much as we'd all love that to be the case. You know, if he if he loses the first few games and he's not play, and the football's not brilliant, he's going to be under huge pressure within two and three months. But if the football is good and we're losing, I I, th- I think the fans are less likely to get on his back because you know what he's been yeah. like. He's been toxic over that stadium. But if Horrible. the fans are seeing progression and seeing good football, they're more yeah. than likely to give the guy a break and give the guy a bit yeah. of time. But that that's the key thing, isn't it? He's he's, he's hitting the ground running, and you know. I'd love to come on here and any other people that influences podcasters and they want to say, look, give the guy time, give the guy time. You know, it's not going to happen if the football's crap. So no. I just hope that if, if we, if he does become the manager, that he, that he, he's obviously got three months to, to get his philosophies across and get his ways of playing across to the players, hopefully get the players out the door. He doesn't want hopefully as in that he does want, and we can actually start playing next season the way that we all want us to play. Yeah. Gary, let's come to you. Um, I've done a little bit of research on Postacoglu and uh, lots of the reports are stating he is demanding of his players. He works his players extremely hard in training. Um, he is relentless in the press and putting a strong focus on attacking football, like we've said. The emphasis on moving the ball out from the back and moving the ball fast, <clears> which, of course... Uh, we haven't really seen in the in the past few years, as I said at the uh, start of the show, particularly under or since Pochettino left. Um, the usage of uh, invented fullbacks, one of the most contemporary and sophisticated parts of his tactical style, uh, dominating an opponent in the middle third is uh, is extremely important for him. Transferring uh, transferring the ball into the attacking third in order to carry out this strategy, the fullbacks must be tactically uh, competent. Um, his formation highly relies on good fullbacks. Do we have those good fullbacks for him? Oh dear! Listen, we this is only, this is the problem, right? It's all good and well whoever we get in, but obviously we need to get some players out. But let me just touch quickly on that Brentford game because what I would say on that second half, uh, I do agree with you, Gareth, to a certain extent with the fitness, but also I think um, Ryan Mason was just outfought by Thomas Frank. I don't, I don't think Ryan Mason knows what he's doing and I don't think he really really knows what to do with him. and as soon as he made a couple of I think he made a couple of half-time changes and stuff and he was out four and that was a problem with Ryan Mason in that Carabao Cup final I mean it was just painful with this guy coming in right the, the thing that I'm looking at is I'm thinking when I look at Nuno and Mourinho and Conte I don't think they really enjoyed being at Tottenham I don't I don't really think they enjoyed it that much and I think they always felt, not, not so much Nuno, he didn't look like he was enjoying himself full stop. He was arms folded at the sideline. There was nothing from him. Uh, Mourinho and Conte, it was like they were doing us a favour. This guy comes in, it might not feel so much like that. It might be more like, you know what, I'm glad I'm here. I'm going to try and get these guys playing good attacking football. But if there are lazy players, you know, like the likes of Dyer and Sanchez and, and people like that, they're not going to get a look in. And it, it might be exactly what we need. And like what Craig said, look, all we want at the moment, we're not asking for much. We just want a whole 90 minutes of what we saw in the first half against Brentford. We had glimpses of it when, when we played Leicester at home when Son came on. And apart from that, we've not had it all season. We stuck with the team because we're Tottenham fans. But honestly, Chris, you know yourself, you've been up and down the country, home and away. There's been hardly any exciting games to watch. So yeah. it was at the moment if this guy's come in, yeah, all right, I know he's done stuff in Japan and he's won the Asian Cup and it doesn't mean nothing in the Premier League. I get that. 
But, you know, he has to start somewhere. And, and maybe, just maybe getting him in and seeing how he goes and what plays he gets in and out, maybe we might start, you know, liking the club again. Because at the moment, Chris, I, I don't think a lot of fans love Tottenham Hotspur at the moment, you know? I mean, even that final game, I watched sort of glimpses of it, but I was so annoyed with them with the game before that and, and the Liverpool game. I, I found it, I, I have found it really difficult to watch Tottenham this season, you know? And I really mean that. And I don't just mean going to the games or watching the games on TV. I mean watching any news coverage about them. You know, it's just become very, very difficult. And I've never, ever been like that as a fan for the 40-odd years. But this season in particular. So I think it, it might not be a bad thing with him. That's all I'm saying, you know. What, what else can we do? We've just got to hope and pray, haven't we? Gary, back in 2021, when he was appointed Celtic boss, he went alone. Yeah. Now, managers like Antonio Conte, it was extremely important that he took a whole backroom team with him. Postacoglu yeah. went alone. Do you expect him to come alone this time and perhaps have someone like Brian Mason as his assistant? Well, listen, there's no talks of director of football. Maybe he might come on his own, you know? And maybe, I, mean, I don't think Ryan, Ryan Mason is always going to be there or thereabouts. But look, maybe it's not a bad thing. I don't think Ryan Mason is up to the job. He's, you know, we've all seen that. He wasn't first time around. He isn't second time around. But maybe, you know, as a number two and stuff, and he's been there since he was a kid, and it's maybe not the worst thing in the world. But look, Chris, you know, we could talk about him coming in. We could talk about direct football. But these players, Chris, honestly, all said and done, these players, these defenders... Some of these midfielders, they're, listen, they're just not good enough. If we don't get them out and change pretty much 85, 90% of this team, we're not going to progress and we're not going to get any better. I and mean, it doesn't matter what formation he plays or what he says to these players. You're not going to make Sanchez good. You're not going to make Eric Dyer good. No one can make them good. It's impossible. I just, I just want to come to Gareth on the tactical side of things and I'm going to ask you all a final question before we go. Um, Gareth, um, many reports that I've read have stated that Celtic press aggressively, um, yeah. often high up the pitch, having lost yeah. the ball. Uh, they rank among uh, the top for duels, tackles and interceptions. Uh, Postacoglu plays a 4-3-3. What can you tell us tactically about Postacoglu? What can we look forward to? Look, I think everyone, every Spurs fan, if they're looking for like a preview, should go and watch the Celtic Real Madrid game this season at Celtic Park because, see, for 60 minutes, they absolutely hounded oh, Real Madrid. Oh, they had the post, the bar, keeper made saves. Madrid could not cope with their press. They, and this is, we're talking about elite players against players that Ange he improved their game on the day. You know, player for player, Real Madrid have far stronger players. But in that game, there was a massive closure of gap due to Ange's coaching. So that was very impressive. I just think after 60 minutes, the fitness-wise, you, you expect Real Madrid players to be further the level they're playing at. Um, a lot more experience. And the first goal sort of crippled Celtic. But, you know, Celtic could have been 3-0 up in the first half. And we're, not, we're not talking about half chances. We're talking about great chances. Um, you know, and, and that, that was impressive. Um, when we're talking about the fullbacks there, you know, I think the fullback situation's improved in the last sort of season or so. You know, I think Spence is going to come back. It's going to be a big plus. Poro, although he's shaky defensively, has shown great glimpses going forward. But I'm not sure, again, if he's able to play in a back four. You know, he seems very much attacking. You know, it's funny, like, I think, he scored more. He scored more goals than Kulusevski this season, and I think he only played. You know, the last sort of he only really started playing from March. He scored three or four goals, I think, Pedro. So you know, he's got an eye for a goal. You know, Udigo has been doing well and at late for Indonesia. So again, I'm sure he he'll make a difference coming on. Um, you know, I think the likes of Ben Davis need to get moved on. Now. He's been a great servant, but I just think he should be moved on. 
Um, yeah. You know, Session too injury prone, and for and the times he has played, I've not been convinced. Haven't seen the session fall, and I think it's time for him to move on. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously we need probably an RF back, Chris, if they sort of match with Urigo. But I think this opportunity this season with a, the one game a week, Chris, gives us an opportunity to run down the squad. You know, we're only going to be playing one game a week. So, yeah. you know, you've seen it this year. If you're, if you're lucky, you know, if you're best, your best 11 players can play every week because, you know, Newcastle this season had very little injuries. Arsenal, to a certain extent, last season, um, they only had the one game a week too. You know, not this season, but the season before. Um, they, they, they really do not name the same team every week. So, you know, there's not a need for, you know, 22 players. You know, for me, you know, we should we should be looking at making a strong 15, 16 squad. Um, you know, some of the younger players, um, you know, probably send them out alone because there's obviously not that opportunity to play in Europe this year. Um, and just try- I'm glad you've mentioned the, the younger players, Gareth, because I feel ever since Pochettino left, um, the younger players have really suffered. A number of the younger players have left the academy. They've wanted yeah. to leave the academy. There are some in the academy at the moment that do want to leave the football club because they don't, because they feel that uh, that you know, getting game time in the first team is a long, long way away. Uh, they just simply haven't been given the opportunities. It was great to see um, a couple of the youth players come on at Leeds on the final day of the season. Um, that is really important to a football club, isn't it? That Postacoglu or the new manager comes in and integrates a lot of the younger players into the first team now. I think I think it will. I think you definitely will do that. Um, you know, you look you look at it when a player comes to the academy, you have that emotional connection with them right away. You always rooting for them because you like you know when Harry came on the scene, obviously he's done unbelievable things for the club, but you always were behind a player like Harry because of where he'd been and he was a Tottenham man and you know, certainly extent we had that with Harry Winks for a few seasons, although you know and then his credit was used up for sniper performances. But again, I think it's it's a it's a 50-50, Chris. We are set up at the minute, it's not good for you if you know the, the toxic nature of the club. Um, you know, when Potts was there, it was a great place to be. You know, after Potts left, Spurs could have hired any number of managers. Everybody would have wanted that job. You know, yeah. now it's not so easy to get a, a manager on and I really do think we, we talked we touched on the ownership a few times this season, but you know. Take out the ownership, chairman alone. I, I I think Daniel Levy has run out of chances because if this wasn't the work, it's it's pretty evident that a lot of managers don't want to work with Daniel Levy and Tottenham at the moment. And it almost comes a point, no matter he's good friends with Joe Lewis, he's got a share in the club. If you can't perform your duties because no one wants to work with you, then you will have to be removed. And that's kind of where we're at at the moment. I do think he could be in big. You know, this is a this is almost like his last chance because if this was to go wrong and he sacked after 10, 12 games because he's completely out of his depth. We're hoping so that's not the case. But where does he go then? You know, I, I don't see an R manager looking for the job because it's just going to be an R circus again. So this is massive for Levy as well. I think this has got to be made right. And the whole structure of the club needs back to the way it was under Posh. Chris, we always played attack and football. Even when we weren't yeah. great, we always yeah. played attack and football. And the fans yeah. will get behind that. It's very, very hard to get behind what we've been doing the last four years. Where it doesn't matter who we play. It could be Portsmouth in the FA Cup and we struggle because we're not, we're not coached properly. We're all about, and Craig touches on them pre-season runs. I I, mean, I remember seeing it at the time, and it looked great, but I never seen it for 38 games a season. Where was that pre-season trend in any of our games? Because all they did was stand off teams. So I, I don't know what why we were even doing that, because it was completely different to how we played throughout the season. So we need to get back. And and, and, the, and the main thing is, as is, um, is, is you touched on, Chris, Ange is very similar to Dave Pochettino. I don't think he'd be too interested in how many times he can run the pitch. It's more about sprints, proper closing down, sprints, short sprints, and that, and that's what we need. That's the modern football. That's the way it is. So 
in that regard, Chris, I, I'm I'm excited because I, I do think if if the if he gets time, then he's then he then, then maybe something could happen with him. Um, so for me, I'm just glad that we're going down this we're going down almost like a Tottenham route. We're going for a Tottenham style manager, and that's something that's been needed for a long time. Well, Aidan writes here. Um, Age of Ange documentary made me believe in him. Uh, when he was appointed at Celtic, 30 minutes, give it a watch. So thanks for that. We will all check it yeah. out. Um, final question for you all. And uh, I say question. There's a number of questions into one. Um, Craig, let's start with you. Now, if Postacoglu is appointed as the new Spurs boss, what players do you think he will want to keep at the club? What players do you think he will want to offload? What players coming back from loan spells do you think he will keep, God. if any? And lastly, what do the club need to do differently under this next manager? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the last one first. And I think that's probably the easiest one to answer is uh, let the manager do his job and get the, get the players in the, the months. And that, that is, I know... But it's so simple. We all know the last three or four years it's not been like that, and probably after that. And it's just the fact that we had Hotch working miracles with what he had. Actually, it made us believe again. So, so I think the bottom line is Levy's got to keep his nose out and let the director of football or Angie, if we're not having a director of football, apparently we are. But just let them do it. Let Scott Munn do it. Let the, trust the trust their process and just let them do it and, and keep your nose out and actually get the players over the line that, that the manager wants. As for the players that he's going to want to keep, um, obviously I don't fully know um, the sort of player that he would like. Gareth's probably better employed to answer that, but it's the obvious ones for me. I would imagine he's going to want 100% keep hold of Harry Kane, yeah. Jimmy Son, Kulashevsky, uh, Romero, uh, if he likes the young players, he might, Jed Spence might get a look in. Um, <laughs> um, Odogi, Odogi, I read read some good things about him. Uh, people glowing reports he was the best left back in Syria, so it'd be good to see what he can offer. Um, as for everybody else, I, I think um, I'd like to think that he's going to come in apart from your core players that everybody's kind of either. Um, <laughs> playing for their place or, or or they're going to be out the door, Chris. I, I think that's that's got to be the way in any football club if you want to, you know, competition for places, um, play with the pressure that Conte said we can't, can't play under. Um, but it needs a complete and utter overhaul. Uh, and and the, I think the main thing, the ones that are on loan at the moment, if, if he doesn't want them, cancel their contracts. Just, just get rid of them. Sell them at a lower price. No matter what you've got to do. Trim the squad. It's like you said, we keep everybody happy because we're not in Europe this year. We're going to have to have a smaller squad. So what's the point of these players being on loan? Their value's decreasing anyway. Um, you're not going to be able to sell them for what, for what you want anyway. So so just just somehow get rid of them and hopefully the new director of football can do that and we can kind of have a more more compact squad uh, but also let the academy boys come through like we've seen that was great to see those two young lads get a game at Leeds so I want to see more Alfie Devines that sort of players so if you know if you say Angie's going to do that then then brilliant absolutely brilliant 
I think it's fair to say, Craig, that the most obvious positions that uh, Postacoglu or any new manager coming in, uh, it's got to be a new goalkeeper, particularly after Hugo Lloris' comments yesterday and uh, a number of key, decent centre-backs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Apologies if I missed that part of the question, but yeah, we need to get a decent goalie, um, I would say, within, within the first couple of weeks of June so he can start. Uh, start bedding in, but uh, I'm sure that's after what Hugo said. Like you say, that's going to be high on the list of priorities. Gary, same questions to you. Players in, players out. Do we keep any loan players? Does Postecoglou want to keep any loan players? And what do the club need to do differently? Uh, bearing in mind that we've appointed two win now managers previously, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, haven't quite got over the line. We've got no European football next year. What do we need to do differently, in your opinion? Oh dear. Well, I just. I can't really talk on behalf of him because I don't really know him as a manager and what he'll do. Whereas I knew a lot about Mourinho and Conte and exactly what they're going to do with him. It'll be totally different. But uh, from a fan point of view, I just want to see attacking, exciting football. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, that was a strange one as well, wasn't it? But look, for me, just I just want them games to start where we just start on the front foot and we just play attacking football. How many times this season would we go one down and then start to play? I mean, it was so frustrating. Or we would take the lead, go 1-0 up and then sit back. I'm just sick of being so predictable and watching the same style and type of football and watching Ryan Mason or Stellini, who haven't got a clue what they're doing, doing dubious substitutions. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see some common sense substitutions at the right time. And I'd like to see some attacking football. Um, and also, yeah, let, let some of the kids have a go. I mean, they didn't get a look in under Mourinho and Conte. So maybe with this guy, they might. But for me, players in and players out, I, I don't know. I think it's a little bit like what Craig said. Maybe he gives them all a free hit and he sees them all in training. You know, he, he, he lets them all have a game and then decides what he wants to do. Or maybe he's already got an idea. You know, if he's coming to Tottenham, Maybe he already knows who he wants in and who he wants out. Um, is he going to have the patience and stuff for players like Ndombele? I don't know. I don't know what his personality is like. I know I know managers like Mourinho and that. Um, is he going to give them another chance? I don't know what he's like as a guy. So we'll have to see on that one. But what I will say, like what Craig and probably Gareth will touch on the same, players to keep for me is on one hand. If I'm honest with you, there ain't many players that I would keep in that Tottenham side. You know, I'm talking uh, Son, Kane, Kudazewski, Romero. And then from there, you're you're talking about squad players. Then you're talking about, you know, OK, maybe Porro, Perisic, Hoiberg. But these are all classed as squad players. They're not even great players, you know. But I don't know. You know, listen, another thing that could happen is they could up their game and they could play a really much better style of football or, you know, better attacking football or defend better under a different manager. A lot of them players, Chris, you know, are not good enough, but also some of them players, like under Mourinho, felt like they couldn't play and couldn't express themselves. So that's a difficult thing as well. So we're not really going to know if and when, if he does come in and we give it a few games and then we'll know sure enough. But we've got a lot of players coming back, mate. And when I think about players like Winks and that and, and Regulon and... And all the others. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I said from day one, I didn't think Brian Gill was a bad player. I still don't. Um, Regulon, I think there's a player in there. But 
God, you know, Dombele. I mean, we could do a whole show just on Dombele. He's the most, most you know, player. Th th those three players you've just mentioned, they've all won trophies. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it myself, mate. Um, not surprised. Um, but look, you know, maybe they'll come back as better players. But for me, in a weird sort of way, it's kind of a little bit of the unknown for me. I kind of knew what to expect with Mourinho and Conte. But with him, I don't actually really know what to expect. And I don't know what team he picks and what plays he does get out against him. But maybe that's not a bad thing, you know. Maybe that is not a bad thing. So, But for me, in a nutshell... I just want Tottenham to start on the front foot and give us some enjoyable attacking, watching football because we haven't had it for about... I would still argue we had it at the beginning with Mourinho. I wouldn't say the last good football that we played was under Poch, but that went very quickly. Um, and since then, there hasn't been any. You know, that last season, Chris, man, I mean, God, Craig, you and me, I don't know how many times we were on WhatsApp effing and blinding and going absolutely mental. Gareth, I've spoken untold times with you. Chris, I've, I've annoyed you to early hours. I mean, it's been one of the most frustrating seasons for Tottenham. Then since I could, I remember when Tottenham were really bad, you know, and I mean really bad, but it's never felt as bad as it is this season, only because when Tottenham were really bad, and I mean, we had to bring Klinsman in and stuff like that, and we looked like we were going to get relegated. And the season one, we won the FA Cup in 91, Chris, we were awful in the league. But we were still playing, attacking football and going for it. This season has been horrible to be a Tottenham fan. You know, the only, the only saving grace is Arsenal didn't win the league and, and there was nothing else. That's it. Well, when, when I look at Postacoglu's uh, career uh, record, he only seems to manage uh, club teams for either two or three years. Yeah. Um, Gareth, let me come to you on the same questions. Players to go out the door... Will Postacoglu keep any of the lone players coming back? What players do you think he needs to bring in? What positions? And what do the club need to do differently? Look, it's hard to know how you know what kind of players he'd be looking at, but it'll be probably in the mold of that obviously not maybe not at the same level, but they'd be looking at the types of players Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal have, maybe not because we're out of Europe now, but that kind of bold physique, fat, sharp, fast, hard working. Um, you know. Four free freeze his preferred system. So, you know, Kane, there's rumors about Kane as he go on. You know, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Kane, Kane's the type of striker that he would obviously he'll he'll want to keep him. But Skego at Celtic's a completely different player to Hurricane. Um, you know that would be the, I think that'll be the obvious one that's already been linked that we're after him now. But that's probably just paper talk. Um, but Kego. I would expect Kego to move this summer anyway because he's been absolutely fantastic for Celtic. I'm sure there's a lot of Premier League teams looking at him. Um, if you look at the lad of Brighton, Matoma, that's the kind of players that Ange likes, you know, on the Premier League. I'm trying to think of someone. That's the kind of players he bought at Celtic. Obviously, again, you know, Matoma came out of nowhere for Brighton. Um, but I think he was playing in Japan as well. So he's, 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 got, a, he's got a depth of knowledge of, of that market. But players think, you know, we're talking about players here on loan. That have been on loan for a very long time, Chris. You know, and Don Bellet, La Celso. It's I think it is time just to call contracts because you know they've been here that long. You know, I don't really see how we're benefiting having them out on an hour loan because obviously the club don't want them, the managers that have been here don't want them. So we're only really saving wages. But you know, again, I I I just don't see the value in that at all at this stage. You know, if somebody's been on two or three loans and. And it's it's worrying that the teams that have that been on loan they don't want them as well. You know they've seen enough of them. They say you know what you know we don't want them. 
I think the one that's out there that you mentioned there, Chris, was Brian Gill. Again, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think yeah. he should. I just don't think he should. It's a Premier League, Chris, and that's being brutally honest. Um, you look at yeah. someone like Lamella. You know, we must have player like Lamella. He was always hassling people on the front foot, pressing. You know, he was vital to how Potts played. Potts absolutely loved him. You know, that's the type of player with Ange be looking for, that kind of player, obviously a lot younger now because Lamella's older. But, you know, we, we got a, we got a really bad day there. You know, someone that does the scouting should have looked at Brian Gilley's physique, how he plays. He's just a Spanish league player, and that's just the bottom the bottom line of it. He's not an English player, and I, I don't think that's going to change under a new manager. I just do not think he suits this league. He's always on the ground. And again, he doesn't go down easy. I don't think he, he dives or anything. I just think he gets pushed off the ball too often. Um, and, and and unfortunately, just not just not just not ready for the, the Premier League. And I and I would I would try you know, and get some money. But I think we will get money for Brian Gill. I think he is one of the players we will get money for. But I think the likes of Region and Don Bele, Lacelso, Winks, it's just they were selling at a very low price or cut contracts because we have to start yeah. moving forward, Chris. And and. You know that the, there's a massive cloud over the, over the club this summer with Hurricane. Obviously, there's a lot of rumours today about about Real Madrid. For me, you know, if it is real, if he wants to go to Real Madrid, I know he wants the Premier League um, record, um, and he wants to win trophies in England. But if if he wanted, if that was somewhere where he where he says to the club, you know, I would like to go there, um, because you know it's a big decision for him. Because Chris, a lot of people just look at the football. He's got three young kids here, a fourth on the way. He's settled in London, you know, but very few people say no to Real Madrid. So if they were to offer us 100 million and he says, look, I've had a great time here. I'm not going to sign a contract no matter what next season. Um, and if we're getting him sold to a Spanish club where he can't really hurt us unless we, we make a miraculous recovery and we're in the Champions League um, in the next couple of years, then it's not really going to affect us. And it keeps his legacy at Spurs intact. So it might be one where the club might look at this now and go, this could be a good deal for everyone involved if Harry wanted to go. But, uh, but, uh, but I do think he wants to stay in England and I do think he'll be playing for Spurs next season. Can I just ask you all very quickly? Yes, just to give me a quick yes or no. Will Harry Kane be a Spurs player next season, Craig? Yeah, I think I'm going to say yes. Gary? Yes. Gareth? Yes, but no new contract. He'll leave next summer on a free. Yeah, I'm unsure. Um, can I just confirm as well, when I said uh, that Postacoglu has managed uh, teams for only two or three years, I did mean club football. Of course, yeah. he did manage Australia between 2013 and 2017, where, of course, he won the Asian Cup, as you rightly said, Gary, in 2015. Yeah. Um, Gareth, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Um, it's funny, I get on a stream with you guys and we talk forever and uh, we're only meant to be on here for 15 to 30 minutes. So apologies for going over. <laughs> um, Gareth, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media, what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, Gareth at Spurs um, uh, on Twitter. Um, basically, a lot of lot of lot of football content, a lot of lot of um, Spurs related stuff, um, but also our stuff as well. Um, coach, um, coaching sexuals at the moment, so teaching teaching kids how to walk before they can run. So uh, that's going really well at the moment. So I um, hopefully Chris will be a lot more positive because my my Twitter this year was absolutely shambolic. It was no, it was hard to be positive at all. So looking forward to the fixtures coming out. Um, I'm absolutely convinced of it. We're going to be playing Luton away on the Friday night football. Absolutely convinced that's going to be us because I think Arsenal have moved past that mentality block where they not will not want them on the Friday night. Now they'll be looking for a shock, and who better they start the season than Spurs away at Luton? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that announcement on the 15th of June, I think, Chris. So I'm probably we'll probably be doing a show then. So um, I give me a shout if you need anyone on. That's always a good day seeing the fixtures. Well, Gareth, thanks so much for joining us. And I tell you what, Luton away is going to be interesting next season. It really is. Looking forward to it. Craig, 
Thanks so much for joining us again this evening. Uh, where can everyone find you? Yeah, on Twitter, if you want to give me a follow at DM9. Uh, always a pleasure to jump on. Sorry, I'm absolutely knackered today. So just, just got back from a golf weekend, so absolutely knackered, but jumped on the stream to, to talk about Ange. Uh, if, I, I, I've said a few things on Twitter. I think it'd be great if he's appointed. I'm sure somebody, uh, one of the great guys that writes the Spurs songs and sings the Spurs songs, come up with a variation of uh, Down Under by Men at Work. Um, should should Ange get the appointment, I'm sure he can spin a few lyrics on that. That would be uh, good to see. All the Spurs fair, I'm sure, I'm sure that would that, get the crowd up. So, uh, But yeah, always, sure. always good to come on, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I'm sure well, James well, from Overdrive looking for songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, I think Ange Postacoglu, I think his name will work perfectly with his magic, you know. <laughs> so, uh, that's fine. We, we, we need someone to replace, uh, you know, that song. Um, you, you're missing yeah. it. Chris, I've been singing it, before you go, what kind of reception do you think Potts will get at um, Tottenham next year away? Oh, it's a tough, tough one. That'd be it's interesting be as well. Mixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mixed, I think. Yeah. yeah. If he's still mixed. manager by then. <laughs> if he's still manager by then, it could be like... Yeah, it might not be, yeah. March, April, time of him if he's doing rubbish, so... Gary, thanks yeah. so much for joining us again. Where can people find you? No, pleasure, Chris. Really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, just give us a follow on Instagram uh, and on Twitter. I mean, I don't put as much football stuff on. Most of the time, I'm just terrorising Arsenal fans, if I'm honest with you. I've come top fans on every single AFTV site everywhere, and it's just giving them abuse, which I just... That is basically my hobby, really. So that's what I've been holding on to all season, <laughs> them bottling the lead. So that's where you can find me, mate. Uh, but no, thanks for having us. Um, look, let's see. I mean, we might be back on here again in two days talking about, I don't know... Uh, Tomorrow. A division manager or someone else. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? You know? <laughs> well, thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, as Gary said, we'll probably be back tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday to discuss the appointment, to discuss somebody else. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, just look out for the announcements on this channel. Uh, and uh, thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself oh.
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.